Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks Live with your host, Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming board-certified OSHA, Strategic Labor, and Employment Lawyers for Businesses, Philip Russell and Deanna Hayes. Philip and Deanna are go-to OSHA lawyers who have handled hundreds of cases for construction, manufacturing, healthcare, and other types of employers. They are both with the international labor and employment law firm, Ogletree Deacons. They are both board-certified by the Florida Bar in Labor and Employment. Philip has personally handled over 100 fatality cases, mostly in construction, and has been called the Grim Reaper by some OSHA compliance officers. But to be clear, he shows up after the fatality, not before. Deanna has extensive experience in manufacturing and healthcare. She is also close to finishing a a one-mile-a-day-for-one-year run streak. Hey, Deanna and Philip, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. The weather is um, beautiful and sunny here in Tampa, Florida. When you say hi to people in Florida, it's up north. It's not a good idea to ever ask us about the weather. <laughs> it won't go well for you. Because you'll always have nicer weather than we do, I'm sure. Our summers <laughs> are nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have you both on. Well, thank you very much. I'll follow you guys on LinkedIn, Total Health and Safety Solution. You guys do great work. You're providing great information out there. And And you're on the same mission we are, which is to help workplaces be safer for everybody. Perfect. Agreed. I think you do a really good job at presenting the practical issues first. Well, thank you for that. We're excited to have you on and talk a little bit about safety and as it relates to OSHA. Yeah. And one of the favorite subjects we like to talk about is OSHA. What do you expect from the new OSHA administration now with President Biden in place? Well, thanks for that. That's a great question. And that really is the focus that we all have right now on Washington is what's next. You're going to see increased enforcement. You're going to see an emergency temporary standard related to COVID-19. And really, when you look inside the administration right now, you saw that on day one, President Biden said to OSHA, I want you to consider issuing an emergency temporary standard on COVID. Then we also saw the DOL's Inspector General report that said, You didn't do enough, OSHA, under the Trump administration, do more. And then we saw yesterday the stimulus bill that includes $100 million in new funding to OSHA related to COVID-19. So that's the main focus point. But don't forget, OSHA is still OSHA regarding things that are not COVID-19. And we expect and have already seen a dramatic increase in worksite inspections in non-COVID related issues as well. So you're seeing a big uptick in inspections since the new administration? Yes, absolutely. I think from the beginning of the year, we've seen more activity from OSHA on a local level here in the Southern region. And our colleagues in our workplace safety practice group at Ogletree are seeing the same thing across the country. 
What do you think is the best piece of career advice that you would give to a safety professional? So for me, I think the best piece of advice that I can give is think outside of just safety and really kind of understand the business impact that an OSHA inspection or a safety issue can have on your organization. And to help with that, it's helpful for safety professionals to at least have a general understanding of the other employment law issues that can come into play with a workplace accident or injury. So what I mean by that is there are leave laws that can come into play. Of course, there's workers' compensation. The Americans with Disabilities Act might also enter the picture if the employee has work restrictions or needs an accommodation. And understanding kind of how all of those pieces relate together so that safety can work with the human resources side of the business and decide how to best handle an issue with an employee from a global perspective. So it's really important for a safety professional, obviously, to know their ins and outs about safety, but be well-rounded because you're touching other facets. Do you see that as a struggle for safety professionals to be able to learn and be all-encompassing? Or do you have any helpful hints on how they could strengthen their knowledge in those areas? I do. And I think that Deanna was spot on with everything she said. I would add to it that the most important thing outside the legal issues is the business issues. You've got to, as a safety professional, you must understand the business. If it's construction, understand the industry. If you're in niche of construction, like transportation construction, road and bridge building, know about building roads and bridges. Understand how those businesses operate, how they're funded, and how what you do as a safety professional impacts the quality and success of that job. If it's in a manufacturing environment, understand what it is your company makes. As one of my friends who's a former compliance officer with OSHA says, you know, companies are not in business for safety. They're in business for business. Right. right. Safety is a component of it. Understand where you fit. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, obviously, a safety professional wants to help keep people safe, and that's one of the main goals. But it does trickle into other aspects of the business. It affects a lot of different avenues, and sometimes people don't realize that when they just hear safety. It's not just about one thing. It's kind of all-encompassing. So that's very good advice, especially for someone maybe starting out. Well, safety is like HR. It will become irrelevant quickly if it becomes the department of no. If it becomes the department of how, then it has more value, becomes more relevant, and you'll keep that seat at the table. Right. And I can just add to that. And I think that certain industry associations like the ASSP are starting to recognize this. And we've seen them offering more educational courses that kind of go into the global component of safety and also offer some leadership courses as well for safety professionals. So it's kind of a growing knowledge per se. It's being recognized that it's needed for safety professionals to kind of veer out and learn, like you said, the business all-encompassing, correct? Yeah, Deanna made a great point there. And not just ASSP, but look industry-specific. We do a lot of work in transportation construction. So we are on the safety committee for the Florida Transportation Builders Association. We have a relationship with ARPA, the National Association. And ARPA, about three years ago, started a safety certification program for project professionals. And it's interesting is the designation of that certification really is intended not for the safety folks, but for the operational folks. 
the value we've seen in rolling out that certification is it makes the safety folks more appreciated and valued by project managers, superintendents, and others. So they're looking at it as, hey, your job's not as easy as we thought it was, walking in the actual shoes. Exactly. Talking a little bit about what you both do, when OSHA issues a citation, what is your personal strategy for helping a client decide what to do next? I would say is think about what the citation means for your business, right? And balance that with the cost of potentially going into further litigation to contest the citation. If it's an issue that you think that you've corrected and that isn't material for your business, then maybe it's worth just seeing if you can meet with OSHA during the informal conference to try to get the citation either reduced or some items in the citation removed. But ultimately, if you're comfortable with some elements of that citation remaining, you might take that approach. However, if the citation is core to what you do in your business, and if you kind of accept the citation in any form, it could lead to a repeat citation in the future or a willful citation in the future, then even if the dollar amount is zero or relatively low, you may want to contest that citation all the way because of the future impact it would have on the business. So not just looking at the dollar amount, but also the standards that are cited and how the citations are written. I think that's a great point. You know, look at some of the construction companies, right, that work all over the country and they get one in one area and now another part of the country they're working in and they get that other one. That's just what you talked about, Deanna. It elevates it. And newspapers and folks in the press and I think inexperienced safety people, the first thing they do is they go right to the penalty amount. And we've handled hundreds of cases and we've never legitimately fought a case over the penalty amount. Never have. It's always, I mean, the part that I think folks miss is what does the narrative say? How did OSHA describe the exposure or the alleged violation? That's really critical. And that language is not set in stone. That is one of the key parts of the negotiation during the informal settlement process, and it's a key focus of our litigation strategy, regardless of how it's classified and regardless of what the penalty is. Deanna's spot on with that. Yeah, that's a very good point because I can see maybe a lot of the clients that you help not looking at it like that, maybe always looking at the dollars. So kind of what you're saying is it's not always about the dollars, but it is also to be considered future implications that might happen. Kind of like picking and choosing your battles, but looking at all the facts instead of just one facet of it. Right, absolutely. And to add a little color to that, I mean, the the maximum penalty amount for a serious or other than serious citation item is in the $13,000 range, which doesn't sound like that huge of an amount, particularly if you're going to have some legal costs associated with contesting a citation. But that willful or repeat that could come down the road is well over $100,000. Yeah, that's a very eye-opening point there. What is one of the most interesting lessons you've learned from OSHA on-site inspections that you've handled? For me, I would say it's the relationship with the compliance officer that shows up from OSHA. (laughs) I think that can totally dictate how an inspection might go. So making sure that each time you're interacting with OSHA, that you're making those efforts to build the relationship. And what I mean by that is just being respectful, trying to take every opportunity that you can to show OSHA that you and your company take safety seriously. 
sometimes we even do that by attending informal conferences when we know we're not going to accept the citation, just so we can tell OSHA all of the good things that we've done to put additional training measures in place or additional policies in place and trying to build that you know, as you go. Because absolutely, the compliance officer that you get with any inspection can change the course of the inspection. And if you don't know the particular compliance officer who shows up, making those efforts from the very beginning, being respectful, but also making sure that you control the scope of the inspection from the start, from the very beginning, so that you're not pushed out of your boundaries. So you're saying that a good thing maybe not to do is go ahead and lock up all the game boxes, close the business down when they show up, right? That's probably not the best thing to do. No, that's a solid point. (laughs) I'll tell you, though, though, a lot of people have that view. And I think where we've seen this is if you have a construction lawyer or even an employment lawyer who tries to do this on a one-off basis, they they don't know the folks at OSHA. They don't know, really, the OSHA Act itself or the standards or the general duty clause or how to plan a case, how to do an inspection. They go to what they know best, which is aggressive litigation, nasty, in-your-face tactics. And that just doesn't work. And why it doesn't work is because our clients, we look at this as a relationship-building opportunity to show this one key thing, and it's simply this. We want to show OSHA that our client gets it, that our client cares about safety, and we want to demonstrate that during the inspection, even if there was just a fatality. Because these compliance officers, these OSHA decision-makers are people just like we are. They have priorities on their desk, high, medium, and low. We want to get the low priority, and how you get into the low priority stack is you show the government that your client takes safety seriously, and we work very hard to do that, not just with this case, but with anything in the future that may happen, too. It's very important. Treating people like humans is kind of what I'm hearing, right? I mean, just because OSHA shows up doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the worst thing. Now, having said all of that, if OSHA gets it wrong, we're happy to show them where they got it <laughs> and contest the citation and take them up in front of the review commission, but we're going to do it respectfully and professionally. Right. And that's at the later time, right? After the inspection itself. That's right. Well, good. How did you get into safety and health law? So for me, it started, I've been practicing employment and labor law for 26 years now, I think. Got the math right. About 10 years ago, I started having a lot of my construction clients have accidents in the work site, and they really didn't want to use another lawyer. And although I had said then I wasn't quite sure how OSHA operated and worked, I was with Ogletree, and I had a great mentor at the time, a man named David Jones, who's unfortunately and sadly since deceased. But David was my mentor. He taught me how to be an OSHA lawyer. Sometimes I'd be standing on a job site, and I'd be on the phone with David as the co-show was walking right towards me, and I simply said, what do I say now? Uh-huh. And I'm always going to be eternally grateful to David and many others in our practice group here at the firm. And so that was hundreds of cases ago and over 100 fatality cases I've personally been involved in. So really, it was client need. It was drawing me in. And I'm just grateful that God put me in a position to be able to make a difference on so many cases and so many workplaces and really impact safety. But it was really client need that got me into it. Deanna? So I have a similar story, and I started out as an employment law litigator and helping clients with employment law issues and counseling them and employment law compliance. And then I had clients who started having OSHA show up on site. 
And luckily I had Philip as my mentor and I said, Hey, Philip, I've got OSHA on site with one of my clients. Do you want to help me out? And he said, yes, but you're going to do this. And then we've been fortunate to be able to team up on a lot of OSHA matters and inspections. And that was probably about almost eight years ago. Time flies. But like (laughs) Philip said, (laughs) I really enjoy it. I think these issues allow you to really get to know your clients and to help them think strategically about what they can do to make the workplace safer. And it really makes us feel good about what we do. It's a lot more fun than fighting with a plaintiff's attorney about somebody's unpaid overtime. (laughs) (laughs) that You've made a difference in a positive way. Yeah. And I can definitely say that both of you are experts in this field. I've been to many of your presentations and have thoroughly enjoyed it. So I definitely know you guys are passionate about what you do and you get it. Not all lawyers do. And ending with this question, why would a business hire you instead of someone else? Well, I think for both of us, we don't have just OSHA in our background. And I think that's very important as one component. We can look at a situation broadly. We can look at the leave issues and the other employment law issues that come into play during an inspection. So that's one. The second reason is that we know the people. We know OSHA. Third reason is it really is difficult to find someone with the experience we have with hundreds of cases under our belts and, as I mentioned, the number of fatalities. And this is not something, especially if it's a fatality, if you're as an employer or a safety professional, you do not want to use someone who hasn't done this before. You don't want someone who's even done this five times. You want somebody that's done this hundreds of times. Because for us, we've done it so much that it does become, at least the process is easy. Right. It's just like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Exactly. I would add to that, too, that we appreciate the human element that comes into this. Like, we understand that sometimes these are really tragic accidents that have happened, and employees have either lost someone or had a near miss that they're close with. And it can be a very emotional type situation. So, when we come in to help with an inspection under those circumstances, We don't show up in a three-piece suit with a laptop on a construction site. We're there. We're wearing our boots and jeans. We've got our PPE on, and we're talking to people like they're people and just trying to help them understand that we're there to help the company make the workplace safer. That's a great point. We wear boots and jeans more than coats and ties. That should be our tagline. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. I like that one. I like that. Well, I was going to say, just from talking to both of you today, you can definitely see the knowledge and the well-rounded knowledge is there and also your passion. Like you said, it's very important to build those relationships and that personal touch. We can tell that you guys know your stuff and you care. Absolutely. That makes a big difference. It really does. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Well, I want to first of all, thank Deanna and Philip for uh, being on TED Speaks and kind of teaching us more about OSHA. But as you may have known that this is my favorite time of the show when we try to add a little humor onto our safety as you know, I'm the positive safety coach. And so we have a couple humorful jokes for you. Are, are you guys ready? Is the question, I guess. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. All right. Why was the turkey arrested? I got nothing. <laughs> Not many people do for my jokes for some reason, but he was suspected of foul play. Ooh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That one was pretty good. Okay, we'll end with one here and had kind of geared these towards you two. So what's the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer? 
$500? (laughs) (laughs) See, some people come up with better punchlines than we have. So I will let you know here what's the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer. A bad lawyer might let a case drag out for several years. A good lawyer knows how to make it last even longer. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one for you. When does a joke become a dad joke? 25? (laughs) Age 25? (laughs) When it becomes apparent. <laughs> oh, 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 that is a good one. I like that. We one. might have to use that. But we're going to have to have you back here to start hitting our jokes for us, Philip. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Happy to help. Thank you both for joining us today on Ted Speaks Live. We want you to have a super safe day. But first of all, can you please let us know how people can get a hold of you if they have these issues with OSHA? So, sure, absolutely. You can find us if you look at Ogletree Deacons. We have a website where you can find me, Deanna Hayes, and Philip Russell. And we have our email addresses. They're both of our names. Um, Deanna.Hayes at Ogletree.com and Philip.Russell at Ogletree.com. And if that's hard for you to spell, you can find us on our website. Perfect. And I do something said you've seen. We both are active on LinkedIn. I'm now on a my own somewhat of a streak of doing for 30 days now, posting something on OSHA law every day. And Deanne has been posting about OSHA law and some other employment law issues too. So you can always find us on LinkedIn, follow us there and jump into the conversation in the comments. Yes, I would suggest for anybody to uh, get out of there. I follow Philip and I've learned a lot of stuff from his post. And thank you very much. I think that would be a great opportunity. And I think our guests should really sign up for that. Yes, thank you both for joining us and you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Ted Speaks Live with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.